This is DJ Dr. Chris. And it's your favorite nurse practitioner, Bree. Today I'm going to be talking about industrial seed oils. And I will be finishing up my chapter on stress. And after that, we'll pop up in a bottle and see what comes out. Are you ready? I'm so excited. Okay, Bree, what's going on? Nothing much. Just got off work. It's a beautiful day in Naples, Florida. And just having a glass of wine. I already started. You already popped it up. I already popped it. I can always pop a nose. It's not that big a deal. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So do you want to start today? Yeah, let's go to the, um, let's go to my area and have your weekly dose of brie. Um, So this week we're going to finish up my stress chronicles, I feel like. Um, We're going to finish with mental health, mental stress, or psychological stress. So, you know, like the, I would say, Google definition of stress or mental stress is feeling this overwhelmed stress for a long period of time is often called chronic or long-term stress. It can impact you both physically and mentally. Um, Stress is response to a threat in a situation, whereas anxiety is a reaction to the stress. So we've already talked about physical stress and how it could, you know, interfere with your body and what you can do to kind of help release it or, you know, help your body relax. Now, with mental stress, it's different. I want to, I wanted to finish with this because there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, not only with the beginning of the year where everyone was stuck inside the house with COVID and didn't know when our lives would go back to normal. We were talking about stress and different ways to cope with that. But right now with the whole movement that is going on, which I agree with, um, there's a lot of mental stress and mental health that I want people to dive deep and really reach deep inside their hearts and souls and realize that it's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel what you're feeling. It's okay to be angry but you have to try to push through all of those feelings and go through life each day. With mental stress, it will take a toll on your body over a period of time. Like the definition said, you know, if you have this stress that's going on, anxiety is the reaction to it. Then I just want people to realize that some of their maybe heart flutters or, you know, anxiousness that they feel when they go out in public or when they go on Facebook or if they go on Instagram, but that is all because of what is being fed to their minds. Um, Because every time you open up Facebook, even if it's just a very small little quote or someone posts something, you're internalizing that if you realize it or not. And then eventually it may build up and build up and build up and you may crack. I want people to realize that it's okay to take a step back. It's okay to shut it down. Do not open it for a week or two and take a break. And then when you feel like your body is recharged, you can start over. There's nothing wrong with taking time out for yourself, realizing that this may be too much for you because it is a lot. It's a lot of emotions and feelings that are going in this. And like I said, I support the movement wholeheartedly. I think it's about time that it happened. I think that the peaceful protests, which I feel like the media, they're not showing that much of, 
but there are people that are actually coming together as one and showing that yes black lives do matter all like this whole like i want i stand with you i may not understand you but i understand that you're my friend you're my person and i'm willing to grow and learn and that is all that we are asking for we're asking for the same respect that anyone out there like anyone in this entire like the uh, the country united states because i'm not sure what other countries do i'm really none of my business i don't live there but we're just asking that you hear us that you're saying that you understand us and that you want things to change so i just felt like i needed to say that i've had a couple of friends reach out to me and ask me if I was okay. And I would like to thank them and tell them that I truly appreciate that. Um, I'm not always okay, but each day is getting better. And each day that someone shows that they actually care makes it, makes me believe that this world will be a better place, that things will change and things will are moving in the positive direction don't beat yourselves up about not seeing it before but the fact that you're trying to open up your eyes now and see it is all that i can ask for and i'm truly grateful well said thank you <laughs> sorry the feedback there so what kind of recommendations you say when you, when you get that I, I kind of think of it as like a bank deposit right mm -hmm. um all these inputs are like stress deposits how do we take some of that those deposits out balance the so, books better for me mentally is the same way i take it out physically so with physical stress what i do is i go to the chiropractor i go get a massage i um run so when i go well, let me back up i walk run because i am no in no way in shape to just run across anywhere um but when i'm outside with the environment and like, I'm not the biggest outdoorsy person, but I do like to go to like a park and I love seeing bunnies and I love seeing birds and walking with my dogs or running with my dogs. And when you see people and they're smiling and you see their kids and their families, it helps me mentally because it makes me feel like this world is not this horrible place that I live in. Um, and like massage, it takes me into a whole nother zone because when your body's having those receptors hit and all the nasty toxins are being released, you know, that helps you with mental stress because your body's able to go into an area where it can relax and not think about what is going on. Another thing, like I said, is you move away from the stimulus that is causing the stress in the first place. If, like I said, Instagram or Facebook is causing your stress, it's triggering you to have stress, turn it off and then you won't have that yes I, I actually sat through a presentation recently uh by this business guru named richard Yu. this guy i think in his don't quote me on the numbers here but i think he made his first million by age of 21 or something like that Ooh, nice. so he's just like highly productive uh dude and anyways um he had some really interesting recommendations that i followed and man i'm telling you they made a big change first thing is Turn off your notifications on your phone. I mean, I leave my, basically my calendar notifications and my text message notifications. I've turned off Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those, I turned off all those things. So my phone's like constantly bing, bing, right? Cause it's, you hear it and you, you just, it's a gut reaction or a reflex almost. You go and check it. You turn that off, 
Now you control your phone as opposed to your phone controlling you. I can see right? that, yeah. First of all, you're just going to be naturally more productive. The amount of time will save you from not checking, like sort of excessively checking your phone. Those are hours that you can work or play or do whatever you want to do. I was like, you're just present. And that's what I told, like at our dinner table, we're sometimes we're bad, but um, Michael and I, he'll be like, hey, babe, dinner's ready, dinner's ready. And then I'll come to dinner. And then if he's on his phone, I'm like, uh-uh. If you want me to eat dinner with you, you need to be present. Like I will put my phone down, you put your phone down, and we sit together as a family and we eat dinner. But otherwise, I'm not going to sit down with you if I have X, Y, and Z to be done and if you're going to be on your phone. So we have decided that that needs to be a rule going forward, that we are going to be present during meals and during like our alone time. Like if you're sitting together, which I can't stand it when I see this with families, it kind of irritates me too. When you are together as a family and you're watching a movie, if every person is on the phone, you're not really together. Yeah, like you're feel there. Like, you feel like you're watching a movie with half a person. Yeah, like there's no interaction, there's no con- like connection because you may miss something because you're on your phone. And then you get a reaction, you look over at the other person, you're like, oh, did you see that? And they're like, no, can you rewind it? No, I don't want to rewind yeah. it. I want to see what happened next. So it's just a whole mess. Totally agree. Yeah, it's time for some phone etiquette. I, I don't know why there's no phone etiquette. Uh, like one thing I can't stand when people like walk into a store and they're just like shouting into speakerphone. It's like, Oh, I'm that person. So, so sorry. You're that person. Because <laughs> I'm like, I'm tired of holding it to my ear. Not that. <laughs> yes, that, that's why I want to impart here is these are phone, technology are tools that we created. They're tools for us. They sh- we should control it, not the other way around. So here's the other thing I've been doing too, which is huge. Um, your alarm clock is. Do you use your phone for your alarm clock? Yes. Stop it. Stop that. Get yourself like a $10 alarm clock on Amazon or whatever. Charge your phone in a different room. Right? Because what what happens? You go to bed, and I'm guilty of it too. I used to be at least. Spend 20, 30 minutes looking at that phone, right? Oh, see, no, that's not me. I literally, when I go to bed, I go to bed. I have never been one of those people that can't go to sleep. So I put my phone on the charger and I have a, a setting on my phone where if I touch it at least 30 minutes before it, my sleep mode is supposed to be, like it's set at 11. So if I touch my phone at 1045, it does this flashing light saying, go to sleep, go to sleep. And so it knows when I touch my phone and then it goes on do not disturb from 11 to seven in the morning. There's no text messages comes through, no alarms comes through, nothing until 7 a.m. So like I'm, I have set it to where it does not disturb me in the middle of the night. It even goes on, well, I guess it's like the night mode where it's dark. So if I roll over and I'm like, oh, what time is it? If I touch it, it's still dark enough where it's not going to blind me to wake me completely up. And I like my phone is, it doesn't bother me at night. The TV, on the other hand, is another thing. I probably, we should probably shouldn't have a TV in our bedroom, but we do because on Saturdays I like to watch TV in the bed, but that's a whole nother topic. uh, uh, (laughs) You're allowed to cheat a little bit on the weekend, but then in the morning too. Well, so, okay. sounds like you're, you're better than the average person. The average person will spend a half hour or so, maybe more browsing through their phone, scrolling through phone before they go to bed. And then the same thing when they get up. That's what most people do. No, because if somebody texts me from work and I'm like, 
it's not 8.30 yet. I don't have to answer. But then I feel bad if they do text me and I feel like I have to answer it. So I just don't touch my phone because then I didn't see it until it's time for me to go to work. Well, I recommend the alarm clock because think about it. If you do half hour in the morning, half hour evening, that's an hour right there. That's seven hours a week that you're just spending aimlessly scrolling. I mean, what can you do? If someone said, hey, take seven hours, do whatever you want. I mean, reclaim that, that time, you know. I don't know, since I've done that, it's made me way more productive. Well, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. tell me what's going on in the rehab corner this week. In the rehab corner. Okay, so I'm excited to talk about this. This is industrial seed oils. All right, I've been doing a lot of um, nutritional training lately. I really sort of dove into seed oils or vegetable oils and how terrible they are. Right, vegetable so, oil? Yeah, horrible for you. I used to say number one thing to avoid is sugar. Well, not now sugar is number two. Number one is vegetable oil. All right, so I got a little note card here so I don't mess any of this stuff up because there's a lot of details here. So back in the 50s, in 1955, Eisenhower had a heart attack. Right, country freaked out because that wasn't a thing back then. Like people didn't. I was remember. like, I wasn't born in 1955. Right. I don't so know. The big <laughs> so heart attacks were not, you know, it's like the number one killer, I believe. Right, number one killer in the United States these days. It definitely wasn't. So. Back then. I think so. Right now it is. Yeah, they didn't even know really a lot about heart attacks back then. They used to call them coronaries. <clears throat> Anyways, country goes into panic. Eisenhower's out of the office for like 10 days or something like that. And um, heart disease. Yes, heart disease. Heart disease, number one, cancer is number two, and then accidental accidents are number three. Yeah, I want to see where heart, uh, heart disease really spiked. So, anyways, um, his, so Ansel Keys, Ansel Keys was a physician back then. He's sort of the renowned uh, cardiac physician that came up with the diet heart hypothesis. So the diet heart hypothesis is what is currently in the, the medical model, which states that a diet high in saturated fat and cholesterol will lead to plaques and, and you know coronary or, or cardiac disease. All right. All the evidence coming out these days is like that's just wrong. So thinking about Ansel Keys, um, by the way, he invented the K-ration. He was in the military, and he was basically the guy who started processed food. The K-ration was just this like, you're, you're in battle, you need to eat something, you open it up and you eat it, you don't have to cook it or anything. So that was really like the first processed food from Ansel Keys. And, and, and the K and K-ration is for Keys. Anyways, so he did what's called the seven country study. Have you heard of that one? It's a, it's a big one. It's hugely cited. Um, so the problem with this is he, he kind of like loved his theory of the fact that, or that saturated fat and cholesterol can cause heart disease. And he biased himself. He was very like, non-scientific about his, his studies. So in the seven country studies, he went to you know, seven different countries and he looked at uh, countries that were high in saturated fat and cholesterol and heart disease uh, and you know, said basically, look, there's a direct correlation but what he also didn't do is there were countries that had diets high in uh, saturated fat uh, and they were high in smoking. And the ones that high in smoking, they had much shorter lifespan. 
So he basically neglected all that information and chose the countries that would make his data look good. Of course. So, uh, yeah, so data, I mean, the study's totally flawed. Anyways, so he, he was a persuasive guy. So by 1961, I believe, he convinces the American Heart Association to adopt the diet heart hypothesis. And since then, it's been carb up, you know, and drop down saturated fats and cholesterol. That's been the recommendation since 1961. And then, you know, decade or so later, increase in everything. That metabolic syndrome, diabetes, stroke, heart attack. Now it's the number one killer, heart attack. Yes. There's kids, that are two years old, with cardiac disease and stroke. It's crazy. All right, so let's go into what I have in the problem. It's vegetables. So vegetables come on the scene. Instead of having saturated fat, it's, it's, you know, have margarine, basically vegetable oil. Okay, the problem is vegetable oil, to get oil out of like a seed like or corn, you have to expose it to high levels of heat. Okay, so it goes through a process called hydrogenation, right? This turns the stuff into this nasty toxic substance that becomes super oxidative. Right, so everyone's all about antioxidants, right? The opposite of antioxidants is oxidative stress. These, these vegetable oils cause serious oxidative stress and can corrode basically your, your vascular system. Okay. Right? So <clears throat> now they're everywhere. By the way, US's number one crop is corn. So there's incentive to make tons of corn oil because it's cheap and easy to this country. So, um, I got a lot of this information from Dr. Kate Shanahan and Chris Presser. Those are the two who are kind of sort of spearheading this whole thing. So Dr. Kate has coined this thing. It's called the Hateful Eight. Read off these eight oils that are to be avoided. So number one, canola oil, corn oil, grapeseed, cottonseed, safflower, sunflower, soy, and rice bran oil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so and when you start reading labels, this stuff is in everything. So, you know, I usually tell my patients, stay away from vegetable oils. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I use olive oil for everything. That's fine. You maybe use it on your, you know, salad or whatever. But it's like if you look at just store-bought salad dressings, pretzels, chips, crackers, even hummus, it's in everything. Even I had to, I always drink it all milk. I realized that like, the second or third ingredient was safflower oil, so I stopped buying it. Which brand do you buy? So now I'm buying coconut milk. But there's still cane sugar in there, so it's not perfect. Yes. I might just drink my coffee black. I, I mean, yep. Stop I, it all together. Yep. Oat milk even has some form of vegetable oil. So, uh, anyways, I want to touch on one other point, too. That um, if you eliminate saturated fats and cholesterol from your diet, then you kind of become reliant on sugar, glucose, for sources of energy. Right? when you have a high sugar diet, or, and that's where you draw most of your energy from, that's what develops a metabolic syndrome. So you wanna, if you wanna kill your sugar habit, eat saturated fats. I feel like that's where the keto diet comes Yeah, I think a lot of diets are sort of circling, circling around this idea. But I feel like this needs to be... But I'm not necessarily sold completely on the keto diet. I think it's great for a jump start for like a six to eight weeks. But then I feel like people need a break. Carbs are not horrible. It depends on which carbs you're eating and 
like, because most, like, if you look at, a, like, if you go to the store and buy a loaf of bread, it's not what people used to eat back in the day when they, when they made their bread from scratch. Or if you go to a bakery and buy a loaf of bread, like, there's, a, in Jersey, there's this bakery called um, Calandra's. They have, like, three to four ingredients in their bread. You go to, I'm not going to say, but a chain grocery store and buy a loaf of bread it has like about seven to ten ingredients and it's like i said like, there's a lot of things that people just don't read labels and i can understand why they don't read labels because a lot of healthy foods are very expensive like i don't believe in margarine i we stopped using that a long time ago so we cook with olive oil um and then i started cooking with butter now the butter that I use, however, is ghee butter, which is the most pure butter you can get. Or um, there's another, I don't wanna like drop name brands, but it's called, um, um, starts with a K. It's not Keurig, because that's the coffee maker, but is it the Irish it's, an, it's an Irish butter. And it has less processed, they haven't been processed as much. Yeah. So I was like, that's what people did in, back in the day, and they lived a very long time. Yeah, I mean, it always comes back to like eat real food. I mean, we, I don't know why yes. we keep being surprised that like packaged stuff is garbage. Exactly. But going back to your point on carbs, yeah, no, carbs are an important source of fuel. Of course, there's the simple carbs, which are to be avoided. That's your basically white stuff. It's white, don't eat it. White sugar, white rice, anything where they've removed nutrients and, mm -hmm. and broken it down to these simple sugars, it's basically a uh, void of nutrition. So simple, I mean, complex carbs are good. They're slow burning. They take, you know, you can draw energy from a long time. But the other problem is that, and it probably dates back to what I was talking about earlier with the, the AHA's recommendation of a carb-heavy diet, is that Americans eat such an abundance of carbs that if, if we go low-carb, then we get closer to what, what is normal. Yeah. That's a big problem. It's so. hard because I love, like, I'm not one to talk. I love a good Twix bar or a Snicker bar or a cookie or a cake. I'm the first one to sign up for something sweet. And my, my chips, I'm not a really big bread person, but chips I love. But in moderation, everything is okay. I feel like. Uh. <laughs> You may there, not I think there's food. definitely some things that you should just, you know, avoid like it's poison, like vegetable oil. Uh, another point I wanted to make too is because I was talking about how it's um, an oxidative stressor, like a big one. Um, like Dr. Kate says, it's like pouring a nasty chemical down your like a sink pipe, right? It's just going to corrode mm -hmm. the pipe. And that's kind of yeah. what it does to the blood vessels. So oxidation of the LDLs or the quote unquote bad cholesterols can cause a, uh, the endothelium, so one of the layers of the blood vessel to form plaques. So, you know, LDLs, cholesterol have been blamed for so long, well maybe it's this whole mechanism of eating this, and making vegetable oil and corroding the pipes. So that's what I got for you. Stay away from vegetable oil. Uh, wrote, oil. Yes, I wrote a blog about this recently. It's just called Industrial Seed Oils. In the blog, you'll see um, a chart of the, the oils to avoid. Uh, and definitely uh, take a look at Dr. Kate's website. It's drkate.com, D-R-C-A-T-E.com. She's got tons of great information.
Perfect. So now are you ready to open up a bottle of wine? Getting ready. Mm. Okay, let's Great. do it. Oh, and opening up today, we actually got our first question. So excited. Thank you so much for sending questions in. And every week we're going to post for a couple of days before we actually film the podcast and everything. Um, tell us what you want to talk about. If you have questions for us, we'll be happy to answer it. We love interacting with the listeners and we're just really excited that the people are actually, you know, joining us and you know, talking and interacting with us. So our first um, question that we're going to answer on the podcast is from, drum roll please, Miss Jessica underscore rocks x81. So hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for writing in. Her question is, um, she wants us to discuss about shoulder and back pain for big boobs. You know, Jessica? Good question, Jessica. You know, I, I, know, I know exactly who we're talking about. Experience in this. So, um, well, Chris, you said you had a story about um, someone with big boobies. Can you start us off? Yes, I used to live in Miami, and I was a personal trainer. Um, that's where I got certified. So my very first client was an ex-Turkish porn star. <laughs> this is a true story, okay? Uh, she came in to me complaining of back pain, upper back pain, and she had these triple D, quadruple D fake implants, and of course her back hurt. And she was squinting, skinny like a twig, so. Um, you know, I was no physical therapist back then, but I knew, let's, well, let's strengthen your upper back to fight with the force that's pulling you the opposite direction. So we spent the majority of our training just working on the middle traps, the, the lower traps, um, core stability, anything to stabilize the spine. You need to support <laughs> that thing that's pulling you forward. Um, and then, you know, we worked on the opposite side too, a little bit of chest stretching because she was very round in the shoulders. So just kind of address it from a postural standpoint. And uh, in a few weeks, she got a lot better. So I'm not going to lie. I had to like Google how much weight does a boob weigh? Because <laughs> I want to know how much, you know, weight you're carrying around. So it says, depending on your cup size, let's say you're a... 38C, one boob could weigh 1.5 pounds. And then it says the highest could be two pounds. So that's legit. You could be carrying around four pounds in the front of your chest. And if you don't have good, like, you know, back muscles or strong back muscles, that's just going to lean you forward, which can cause shoulder pain because you got to think all this weight is pulling you down and it's making your muscles work extra. And I call it in overtime. And no matter how much massage or treatment you can get, unless you strengthen that area, there's really nothing, nothing you can do besides getting a really good support bra, which then that's a whole nother conversation because I like bras, but then I don't like bras. But, you know, for, you know, the sake of conversation, a good bra with good support to lift your chest up will help for the time being but then I still feel like you need to work out 
your chest muscles and your back muscles and you shouldn't depend on the bra because then that just make your muscles weak because they get lazy but like i said it's a whole nother conversation yeah i mean the yeah. bra will help you keep them up as you said but then you need your back muscles your back extensors in particular to have to fight against all that weight so i mean just the bra alone is not going to do it uh, and don't forget that there's something called the lever arm. It's a, pr a principle of physics, right? So it could just be four pounds or how much you say? Two boobs weigh? It's like one boob is two pounds. That's like a heavy, heavy, big boob, boob like a 42 triple G. Like it could be like two pounds. So one boob could be two pounds. So both of them together is like four to five pounds on your chest. Right. So when you factor in the lever arm, things change. So, so the shape or the... the the length away from your chest matters too. Right? So in other words, if I was to hold a five pound weight or a 10 pound weight in my hand against my chest, it's not gonna feel like anything, it's gonna be easy. If yeah. I extend my arm fully out, like I was doing like a straight arm raise, that five or 10 pounds is super heavy suddenly because the distance between your body and the weight, that's called your lever or your lever arm, that makes a difference. So just four pounds, it sounds like eh, it's not that bad, but it's it's the how far it comes off of your body. That's what really counts. I can see that too. So it's like having two dumbbells just hanging down. So not um, always so much fun. And then going to shoulder, this is something I see every now and then, a suprascapular nerve entrapment. So just where the bra rests on top of the shoulder, Yep. Right by that bump, that's your AC joint right there, where your clavicle comes to the, the scapula. Um, it's common to get sort of a palsy of the nerve that passes underneath that area, especially if you have a lot of weight pulling down, like the straps pulling down on that area. You can get a lot of them have like indentions. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure you've seen that before, right? Um, and sometimes you'll see it. Like you can take someone's shirt off and like we'll have like a, an atrophy of their infraspinatus, this muscle just below the shoulder blade which is a sign of a suprascapular nerve entrapment. So sometimes there is a neurologic cause to shoulder pain from bras. Mm -hmm. So good question, Jessica. That was a good question, Jessica. Thank you so much for writing in. So you can find um, every week we're going to post a little other story where it's going to say, what would you like us to discuss this week or give us some a topic you want us to like dive in a little deeper to just answer the little question and we will put it on our list and we will give you a shout out and that way we can be more interactive with you guys so then i wonder about silicon silicon floats right i'm not sure you talking about implants yeah i, like, I, yeah, I wonder if that <laughs> well the thing is not all um implants are silicone right. um, so some of them are saline and saline is basically salt water. So probably pretty much water. Salt. So that way if it pops, it didn't hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. But not everybody that has big boobs are fake. Some women are just very blessed. <laughs> very true. Okay, so let's go on the rest of your life. How was your weekend? How are the wedding plans? Oh, the wedding plans are going. We're wrapping up our guest list. Um, I'm 59 people over what I said the list was going to be. So we'll be sending invitations out soon and then um, seeing who are RCPs, you know, we're still full steam ahead. I got my dresses in, I got my shoes. I just have to order the veil. Um, and then we're looking at the tuxes for Michael 
so we can make sure we get those ordered for the guys to you know know which one to rent because i don't expect anyone to buy a tux and then i spoke with the hotel venue and they're back open back running everything's gonna be good so i think sophie's gonna be ready to go down the aisle she better be i'm looking at her dress as well so cute sophie is my daughter but she's two and she's gonna be the flower girl she's gonna be she's one of my flower girls my flower girls are the cutest little things ever they both are just very beautiful little girls and i'm so excited and they both love me so that's a plus sophie can now swim the length of the pool that's the the good thing that's come out of quarantine i've been doing swim lessons with her like every day she's gonna be a water baby well that's good she was in the pool three times yesterday anyways all right go ahead Mm-hmm. What are you going to say? I said, what's up with you? Tell me what's going on in oh, your life right now. I spoke to Chris Edwards from Tricor. I heard you are set up for your blood draw. I am getting there, yes. <laughs> because I'm trying to lose weight for the wedding. I've already lost like 12 pounds, but I want to lose about 10 more um, just to make sure I have enough room for my dress. Because right now, if I eat a cheeseburger, I may pop out of it. So I just want to have a good little wiggle room so I can dance very easily. But yes, I feel like some of my issues may be hormonal and I'm getting blood work completed. So therefore I'm able to see what may be going on with my body. Well, I want to offer you something on air here. So as you know, I'm into nutritional counseling. Would you like to be my client for free? Meaning? Um, yeah. Meaning, <laughs> which is, it's all about wait, accountability. Wait, wait. Before I sign up for this, do I have actually have to work at it? <laughs> That's the, always the hardest part for me. Yes, I'm gonna be I just want to be skinny without having to have a diet. <laughs> so what this means is you're going to have to do weigh-ins. You're going to have mm. to take pictures of your meals. Oh, no. And send them to me and I'll do uh, calorie counting for you and tell you what you can do and what you can modify and how much you left you have for the day. So I can go ahead and tell you I'm game, but you better include wine and vodka because it's the only two things I drink. Well, we'll put that in the plan and reverse engineer everything from there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, oh. so it's on. That sounds fun and we can talk about it on the podcast. So if I come on here grumpy, y'all, y'all know why. He wouldn't let me eat. He got angry. I'm just mad. <laughs> oh. So anything good on uh, Netflix these days? Any books you're reading? What else is going on? Um, so I will say this because I'm obsessed with them. I think they're just so fun. Um, I don't know if you watch wrestling or as we used to say, wrestling. Um, but the oh, Bella Twins... Uh, they just came out with their book and I didn't buy the book because I'm not a big fan of um, like it's hard for me to read like I can read but it's like it's hard for me to find time to sit down and just have a moment to myself where I can actually concentrate and just read the book because I'm always go 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 but I drive 15-20 minutes to work and 15-20 minutes home from work and I can listen to a book easily so I've downloaded it on Audible. It's like $14.95 a month. Um, and it's called, their book is called Incomparable. It's pretty much an autobiography about their lives. And I just think they're hilarious. The book 
you know, showed a side of them that I personally didn't know. And I thought it was a very easy listen. And it, um, it opened my eyes to a couple of things that, you know, I thought their life was pretty much kind of easy, but they actually didn't have an easy start. And they had to fight through a couple of things. And it, you know, it kind of gives you some kind of like motivation, like, you know what, if they can do it, you know, like, my parents can do it, then I can do it too. So that is where that's the one book I will recommend. And another one, if you like a trashy lover's novel, um, this author called J.R. Ward, um, um, their book that I'm on now is called Lover Eternal. It's the Black Dagger Brotherhood. So I was one of those Twilight people where I like, again, didn't read the books, but I listened to all of the books. And then we went and saw all of the movies. We had a little club going on back in Seneca, um, Seneca, South Carolina, which is where I'm from. Um, but this is a vampire type kind of love story, fun, like probably not teenage appropriate type of book, if you see, understand what I'm trying to say. But those books are good that I'm listening to. Two things I want to say. First of all, I want you to say that word. <laughs> no. Say it. Come on. Will not. And no. <laughs> uh, one of the first times I started talking to Bree, um, you know, she's from like the deep south. Is Seneca like deep south? I don't even know what deep south really is. Mm -mm. Seneca's in the mountains. That's deep south, right? <laughs> no. Anyway. I think South Georgia is deep south. Like that's Savannah. Florida doesn't even count, um, but Georgia, Mississippi, all that is the deep south. Seneca is a cute little town in the mountains of South Carolina where it's connected to North Carolina and Georgia. And it's in the middle. And it's like, we have the lakes, we have the mountains. We're only three hours from Atlanta. We're only like an hour and a half, two hours from Charlotte. We are five hours from Myrtle Beach, but three and a half, four hours from Charleston. Like. We have the best of everything in that area. You're right. South Florida, at least, is definitely not the South. I would no. say it's a, little, it's a little north to get to the South from here. Right? I feel like it because, like, everybody that I've met in Naples isn't from here. Yeah. They're all from, like, the North or the Midwest. They're all transplants. Yeah, East Coast, transplant. like, all, like, Boston, New York, stuff like that. And then West Coast, like, Ohio. I just feel like you would take 95 down. Which is the East Coast or 75 down, which is the West Coast? Pretty much. So, anyway, and I've taken both. <laughs> when I first started hanging out and having conversations with Brie, I was talking about something I cooked, and she said, Oh, did you saw it? And I was like, What? <laughs> like, did I go out and look for it? Like, I thought she said S O U G H T, salt. But no, that was salt. It was salt. <laughs> I don't think I said it like that. I think you're making this up. You said, did, did you saw it? Did you saw it? Yeah, see like that. Saw it. It's different than saw it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry that my grammar was not on point that day. No, did no, you no. season that food <laughs> with salt and pepper? <laughs> That's the first thing I wanted. I want to make funny on that. Number two, I have a big problem with the movie Twilight. First, well, the first problem is that I actually saw it. I was forced to see it, which was terrible. Um, <clears throat> sorry. My other problem I have is the whole, like, when they go out in the sun, what happens to a vampire when it goes in the sun? 
in any this, other story. They're supposed to be destroyed. I know, I know. It's Twilight. But he glistens. They like, yeah, they do. beautiful. That's this. So then, like, there's no reason to not be a vampire. You're like stronger, you live forever, and you have a son, you're like a diamond. Well, I mean, the reason not to be a vampire is because you live forever. Everyone you love dies. Think about it. Imagine if you lived 100 years and you see like your kids die. Well, you don't have kids, but the people you oh, hang God. out with that die. <laughs> turn everybody into a vampire you love. You can't do that. You can't turn everybody into a vampire because then because you'll have some rogue vampires that go out and kill humans. And then if they kill the humans, then everybody's going to know vampires are out there and then you won't have vampire hunters and then they kill everybody. You just see, Wait, you just don't know. Do animals? Like, can they suck animals? I didn't hear you. What'd you say? Are, can vampires eat the blood or suck the blood of animals? Yes. In Twilight, they can. Okay. They're like vegetarian? Yeah. Because yeah, they don't want to hurt humans. <laughs> yeah, I had a major problem with that movie. The other problem I had with too, and there's such a double standard here. Sorry, I, I can go on and on about it. Like you just keep going on about Twilight. <laughs> what was his name? I forget. Edward? No, he was the vampire, the wolf. Oh, um, Jacob. I love just know just like that. <laughs> that kid was like 16 or 17 maybe when he did that movie. And all of them were like, oh my God, he's so hot. Can you imagine if it was the other way around? There was like some 16 or 17 year old girl that was like real hot in the movie and all the guys were talking about it? Well, okay, first of all, do not be jealous because he was 16, 17 and he had like an eight pack. He worked extremely hard for his body and no one touched him. So it's nothing wrong with looking at him. Second of all, if a woman is hot, I'm the first one to say, oh gosh, she's hot. I do not you know do you not because i'm like she does it probably does not drink she don't eat sugar she don't eat cake she don't eat pizza so if she want to look like that that's on her i got my fluffiness because i like to eat so i praise you you go ahead and do you boo but i'm gonna be happy eating my Krispy Kreme donut okay <laughs> so there's nothing wrong with sexualizing a 16 or 17 year old First of all, they're 17. He was, I think he was older than 17 too. Like, I don't think he was six. I don't think he was that young. He just was playing a 17 year old in high school. No, but no. He's, uh, they're all older than that. Well, you can fact check in this episode on that His one. name was, his real name is Taylor. Well, anyways, don't see that movie if you're happy. I mean, I hadn't watched it since because the first movie it was horrible, but the last one was like a lot better. Like the graphics and like you could tell they got more money with all the filming and stuff. Um, yeah, he was born in 1992. He was older. What year did that movie come out? Um, I think 2014. Are you sure? I thought it did. Maybe I'm wrong. No, I was here in 2014, and I saw a movie on the east coast of Florida. I moved here. Oh, it's it 2008. 2008, and he was born what year? 92. 16. 91. 91. He's born in 91. 17. <laughs> Still. It is what it is. I'll, I'll leave it alone. Don't see that movie. <laughs> 
All right, we got anything else or should we wrap this one up? I think we're about to wrap it up, Chris. Oh, wait, what What are you drinking, by the way? We didn't even talk about that. Oh, yeah, we just I just started drinking. Um, so this week I'm drinking a menage a trois, lavish. I love something that's lavish. There's nothing wrong with a little fanciness in your life. It's a Merlot. It's based out of California. There's a lot of menage a trois out there. Um, the menage a trois silk is one of my favorites because it's a red blend. But this one's just a Merlot. Um, this brand has been around for a long time. The only thing is you can't drink it if you're allergic to like sulfur because it may give you headaches because it contains sulfites. Um, so that's about it about it that I know about it. I'm also drinking a which is kind of rare for me actually. It's called the King Stag. Never had it before. Label caught my attention. Um, it's got kind of a tattoo vibe, which I'll talk about in a second here. Um, it's all right, honestly. It's a little bit acidic for my taste. I really yeah, like I don't it. like it. Like the Merlots are a little heavy for me now. I like something a little lighter. I think Merlot does better when it's blended with something personally. Yeah, I, me too. I, I like. A, I love a blend. A blend is like my favorite. Um, but if I had to choose, like I used to be a big Malbec girl or Malbec girl. Um, now I'm more, I think because of Michael, I drink Pinot a lot more. Um, but I do like a Chianti and I like a, um, um, it starts with a B. Beaujolais? Mm-mm. Brololo. Brololo. I said that wrong. Brololo. I say it wrong every single time. It's like I have a tongue tied. Brololo. Brololo. <laughs> It is what it is. I like that one. <laughs> Everybody likes Brolos. Those, those, they're pretty amazing. And they're so good. <laughs> so funny. As long as I can pronounce it. Usually when I'm at the restaurant, I'm like, I wanted this. <laughs> this is the one I want. Because apparently I can't speak. Um, the tattoo looking logo. So I usually don't fall off the label. Usually the prettier the label, the crappier the ball of wine, in my opinion. But um, I think I just... It kind of came up in the back of my mind. It's funny that the buying psychology is kind of funny because my wife and I just started talking about tattoos recently. First of all, do you have a tattoo? Mm, no. That sounds like a yes. <laughs> we won't go there then. All right. So my wife and I are both uh, dragons in the Chinese zodiac. Not that we're oh. or anything, but. It's the coolest one of the bunch, and we're both that, so both kind of stubborn and <laughs> strong-willed. So we, like I said, we're not into the Zodiac, but it's just the fact that it's kind of a cool symbol. So we're talking about getting like dragon tattoos, both of us. That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I don't have. I see nothing that. wrong with tattoos. I think they're beautiful pieces of artwork. Um, some people don't like them, which they have the right not to like them. And use your body to do what you want. Yeah, no, I don't have any, never have, but uh, I just never really felt the need to put something on my body. But like, this is kind of a cool thing. It's my wife and I, and I don't know, I might do it. I say go for it. I might chicken out. We'll see. Don't chicken out. I'll, um, I'll be there for mental support. <laughs> where, do you learn? Yeah, where, where do you think tattoos are cheesy and where do you think they're cool? It's hard for me to say that. It depends on your body type and stuff. Like, I really, like, I, if I had to get one, I want one on my foot. 
on like the arch of my foot um, because it's just small. The only time you really see is if I have flip-flops on, you know, so. But I mean, I'm a girl. Where's the tattoo that you have on that? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I feel like you're hiding something. <laughs> Never, never, never. But I think we need to wrap this up and we will see you guys next week. <laughs> this is DJ Dr. Chris. It is your favorite nurse practitioner, Bree. I will get down to the bottom for you listeners. This is Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>